Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. The world has heard about the latest Batman movie, following, of course, the tragic Colorado massacre at a cinema screening. The Dark Knight Rises is the third and final instalment of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman reprise their roles, while Anne Hathaway joins the cast for the first time. Despite the tragedy, terrible tragedy, surrounding the film's release, it's done well at the box office, taking nearly $76 million during its first day. So, our esteemed open house film critic, Ben McKechn, joins us to, with his take on The Dark Knight Rises. Ben, welcome back to Open House. Oh, Lee, it's a great pleasure to be with you. It's it, very strange, though, isn't it, that yeah. we're talking about The Dark Knight Rises in such sober terms, yes. uh, given how much hype has been around this film. It's definitely the most anticipated film of this year, without a doubt. Um, and, and, and also the, the uncanny links uh, back to the, the other the tragedy that surrounded The Dark Knight, the film that preceded this one in the Batman trilogy. The, uh, the tragedy surrounded that with the death of Heath Ledger, who played the Joker yes. in The Dark Knight. It's just very, very strange real-world circumstances. Um, but shifting from the real world onto the big screen, as we like to do in this segment, um, The Dark Knight Rises... Uh, look, it's um, I think it's a fitting conclusion to this trilogy. The most so these are the most recent Batman movies, and for anyone that remembers the Batman films from the uh, from the nineties, um, particularly the last few ones when well, the one where George Clooney played Batman. I don't know if you remember that, but the difference between those Batman films, like Batman Returns, Batman Forever, the difference between those, and they were so cartoony, so kind of overblown, so kind of slapstick almost. The difference between those and what the British director Christopher Nolan has done with Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and now The Dark Knight Rises is extraordinary. And effectively, he's turned superhero movies into art. Mm. And and there was a lot. There was for many years that people thought that just it couldn't possibly happen. But Christopher Nolan's definitely done it, and again has, has done it in a very fitting way here with The Dark Knight Rises. So he's done it visually, but he's also done it in the screenplay. Yeah, I, I, I think he has. I think um, the the screenplays of all three recent Batman films are great. Um, what they the, the main difference with them and um, and why a lot of other films like uh, the Amazing Spider-Man is also out now, like uh, the Iron Man uh, adventure movies, like the X-Men trilogy, all these other superhero movies are trying to do what the Batman films have been doing, which is they put a level of um, there's a level of dare I say reality to what's going on. So as much as it's preposterous that there's a guy running around in a bat suit and there's some of these villains that are running around doing what they're doing, the the what the seriousness that they're treated with, um, like you actually can believe and be absorbed in this world and, and the, the world of Gotham City where everything takes place, just throughout all the Batman films has been rendered with look, there's, there's special effects and there's and you can tell it's a movie and and I'm not in any way trying to say this exactly represents the real world, no. but how close these movies get. And the main thing that these films, I think, is that the villains in them and what the villains are doing and what they, they quote-unquote stand for, I think is really, really chilling and like promotes so much, should, or should promote so much thought in the audience that it's just much more terrifying than you get in other movies where, I don't know, like a, 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 a giant, some giant creature... Is, is the villain, or just some maniacal evil genius who has got a couple of you know super weapons in their arsenal? Like the the what these villains are doing and why Batman's going up against them, I, I think is what 
really propels the storylines along. Without giving too much away about the plot, what are we driven to think? What are we going to be thinking as we see this plot Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, very similar to... Actually, very, I was going to say very similar to The Dark Knight, but it's also very similar to what happened in Batman Begins. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have seen both of those films. Mm. In short, what happens in The Dark Knight Rises is that Batman effectively comes out of retirement and has to fight this uh, guy called Bane, who's like a like a really like a massive almost like a he's like a wrestler he's like a wrestler meets a terrorist meets meets uh, meets a genius uh, who's got this scheme to take over Gotham City. But to your question, what should you be thinking, or what do they get us to think? All of these Batman movies, um, what what you find is the villains are, are effectively coming in to bring justice their way, or the, actually, the Dark Knight, the Joker, was much more about. He just wanted to bring in anarchy, so he, he just wanted to destroy everything to see what happens. So, effectively, take off the shackles of society and see what happens to humanity because of that. Because, like deep down, why you know we all don't want to be repressed. We don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to have boundaries. We just want to go off and do our own thing. So, the Joker tapped into that. Whereas Bane is much more about you know, corrupt individuals in this city. Uh, there are corrupt, as there are, you know, throughout the world. There, are, there's so much corruption going on that Bane and his militia army come in and set about trying to level Gotham City in a way where almost that they're trying to like restart a society. So they they figure that their way of bringing justice, quote unquote, is to stop everything, bring it all down to its knees, and start it again. Um, and what I think is the really interesting contrast is then you get Batman, the character of Batman that that the billionaire Bruce Wayne turns into, he's bringing a brand of justice, but his brand of justice also is self-determined, just like the villains that he's coming up against. So none of these people in these movies, the ones that have power and authority and are are sort of going out and um, effectively either trying to take apart a city or trying to protect it, none of them are official authorities. All of them are doing it on, on their own authority, and more particularly, they're just effectively they're making up as they go along. They're their own moral compass. And how's that turn out? Well, the, what these films make me think about is just like, on one level, these films point to that we need to be saved. They def- these films definitely point to that we can't save ourselves. We need someone to save us. But what we don't need is a figure like Batman, who is largely driven by vengeance and. Uh, his brand of bringing justice is really, like, he's kind of judge, jury, not executioner, but he's judge and jury. So he decides what the law is. Uh, and the villains, though, they kind of, they actually sort of rip the mask off Batman, if I can use that metaphor. They rip the mask off and say, well, who's this guy? Who's Batman? Who, why does he get to decide? And they're trying to come in and say, no one should decide. But at the same time, they're trying to decide for everybody yes, else. So yes, yes. And also the contrast between Batman and the villains that he fights is that both of them are using fear. So Batman wants to put fear in the hearts of criminals and the villains that he comes up against just want to strike fear in the hearts of Batman and everybody else. Mm. Like, I'm sitting there thinking about, like, <laughs> this might be a stretch, but I'm thinking about, like, the Old Testament and thinking about how, many, how often God said to his people, do not be afraid. And examples like, you know, the book of Joshua. So him talking to Joshua at the Promised Land, don't be afraid. Yes. And uh, Jesus, like talking to his disciples when they're freaked out, when they're going across in the storm in the boat, they think they're going to die at sea. And Jesus just calms the storm, tells the storm to be calm, and says to them, why are you afraid? I'm watching movies like Dark Knight Rises, seeing all this fear, 
that's on screen and how fear is used as a weapon. I'm just so thankful that God, through and through His Son Jesus, like says, "Don't be afraid. We don't need to be afraid." And they're not wielding fear as a weapon. Instead, like fear is just wrapped up in the comfort and love and security of God. There's a better way. Ben McKechnie, thank you so much. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Always a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.